Hey, I'm Stevie. What's up? I'm Monty J. And you're listening to the Bookshelf Boyfriends podcast. Where we take a deep dive with your favorite contemporary romance authors. Asking them questions about everything from their writing process to their reading habits, plus so much more. Join us as we help you find your next Bookshelf Boyfriend. What's up, Bookworms? It's your host, Stevie. What's up, guys? It's MJ. Hope everybody's having a lovely Monday. You do sound much better than the other day. <laughs> yeah, I do, which kind of makes me happy. But, ew, it's a Monday. We we hate a Monday. We do but, hate uh, Mondays. Hope everybody's having a lovely time. Um, I'm trying to think of what I've been into. I've been deathly ill, so I haven't really been doing anything. Um, yeah. Thomas um, fell off the out of the tub this morning. I did. Um, that was an adventure today. Um, I did finish watching Friday Night Lights, and I've already restarted that. <laughs> um, I've re I've started my journey of watching every single season of Ink Master. I'm currently on season four. So Is that Halo watching? season? I don't know. I can't remember. I think it might be. I just started it. Um. And then, yeah, so that's been my adventures <clears throat> lately as of late. But, uh, yeah, that's about it for me, Stevie. What's going on in the book world? There's so much in the book world, and I'm still not okay. <laughs> if you don't know, <laughs> today is Give Me a Re- Reason release day for A.L. Jackson. And if you paid attention to our Instagram, I have already posted this, and I am obsessed with this book. And I'm still not okay. My heart has not recovered, and I don't think it will be recovered. Stevie's just not making it. She's not okay. I'm not okay after this book. <laughs> this book put me through an emotional turmoil. <laughs> and for the record, because I don't normally read, like, MC-related books, for me to actually be, like, emotionally distressed over an MC book, yeah, th- we should. This should be like a sign. We should all no- take this very seriously. <laughs> Agreed. So everybody should go read that book. It's on sale right now. Um, it is on Kindle Unlimited because Al Jackson puts all her books in Ku. Um, what else? Um, I'm also reading an arc right now for my dear friend, and that is called "In the Beat of the Moment." Um, it's a really good book one was written in the beat that was a rock star romance or pop star romance too um huh what so i was gonna go look and see what i wrote wrote (laughs) what you read recently bro i couldn't even write save my life right now so i'd have to shoot me in the face i don't so i read that so i'm in the middle of reading written in the beat of the moment and that is book one's jackson it's his pr yeah or his re- record exec or whatever and then it's his heroine's uh best friend gotcha so that one's fun i haven't read anything interesting i am getting ready to start a book called love beyond words that sounds interesting. Yeah, it's by Danny Renee. <gasps> I like her books. 
she'll be on this week as well and I'm really excited because I'm gonna finish this book before she comes on she told me I didn't have to finish them before she comes on but I would like to finish at least one of them I'm excited um because she was so kind and she sent me her books so I could read them on my kindle and I'm really excited um another book I just finished reading is another mother faker I haven't read that that's Laura Pavlov's series oh yeah with the cool titles <laughs> I love those titles. I also love those titles. Because the next book is called Don't Cry Over a Spilled Milk. I can't with those titles. They're epic. Oh, I have so many questions about these titles. They're iconic. I think that's really it for me. I am going to start another arc soon. It's one of my final arcs. If you don't know, I'm no longer blogging. Uh, has come and gone I have fallen in love with reading again it's no longer my day job I still miss it as a blogger I still love blogging and it's it will always be like it's always the first thing that led me into like this industry and it's got me where I am today which is a PA of three authors four authors and building a PR company and building this podcast um had I not started writing reviews you and I would not have met exactly <laughs> so I always have a piece of my heart um but when one door closes three others <coughs> open for me <laughs> oh my god I just about I just about fucking die right there all right so um is that everything yes okay uh, I have been looking everywhere for this lady's intro on the interweb, and she just doesn't have, fucking have one. Oh, oh, we do have to mention, Indie Live Panel is this Sunday. This is very exciting. Everybody get ready. 7 p.m. Eastern on YouTube. Make sure you guys go check it out. It'll be so fun. You'll enjoy yourself. I've already talked to all three authors and they are like freaking out over this. Like they are having so much fun talking about planning this. <laughs> It's going to be a lot of fun, and uh, we hope that you guys will join us. Um, but I think I think that's it. Is that it for you? That's it for me. All right. Well, let's go chat with uh, Miss Kim Lorraine. Thank you so much for joining us on the Bookshelf Boyfriends podcast. Kim Lorraine, we are so excited to have you. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Um, we have Stevie, we've been excited because you are one of the first authors we've have on we've had on here that write cowboys. I do love the cowboys. I know <laughs> I love the cowboys. They're so much fun. <laughs> I'm from the South. Listen, I, I love I love to read me a little bit of a cowboy, you know, a western mm-hmm. drama every once in a while. But I'm actually from the South, so mm-hmm. like, it mm-hmm. just makes my 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 what is the word my expectations unrealistic because mm-hmm. i'll read them and i'll be like um, where are they find them i need right. to these yes <laughs> yeah so i'm from texas originally oh yeah and, oh you know um, yeah so i know but i think that the beauty of romance is that you can make the perfect man absolutely <laughs> so my cowboys are definitely like gentlemen cowboys who are these super like respectful and dirty talking alphas but they like 
absolutely take care of everybody around them. Because mm-hmm. I just feel yeah. like in, I try to, like I've tried to write the alpha asshole guy and I just can't do it. I, I, I saw this thing on TikTok where it was like, let's not get it twisted. I don't love men. I love men who are written by women. So let's yes. get that away. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And I think my husband is, you know, like he's not an, an alpha asshole. He's this like strong, capable, loving man who, if he has to be, he will, you know, throw down. He'll, he'll whoop some ass for you if he needs But to. he doesn't have to, you know, like, and he <laughs> accepts that I can take care of myself. He doesn't oh, get love. put out, you know? That's, that's big dick energy. That's what that is. It's, yeah, it is. It is. So that's kind of what I put into my cowboys is I want them to have the big dick energy, but yeah. I also want them to know that they respect their women enough or their, or their male partner, you know, they might respect their, their man, like enough to know that that person is a person who can take care of themselves. I'm here for it. They're lucky to be able to be their partner. Absolutely. I'm here for that. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to let Stevie jump right on in with questions and we're just going to get okay. this rolling. Great. So it was very hard to narrow down books <laughs> for this. I have a lot. Well, because I have read all the cowboy books from you. Oh, thank you. Because obviously I'm a blo- I was a blogger first. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I've actually reviewed majority of these books. Um, so I had to pick and choose. And I had, mm-hmm. so of course I started with The Secret Baby because anybody who listens to the podcast knows that I'm obsessed with A Secret Baby or A Surprise uh, Baby. Oh, yeah. that's jam, bro. They're my favorites. I love a pregnancy trope. <laughs> and I rarely write them. So. Well, Tristan's also, I think, my favorite. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, you're not alone. <laughs> I mean, he, he, oh, we could go in for days about how Tristan, what Tristan does. I love um, Tristan. So <laughs> with that being said, written hard is Tristan and Hazel's story. Yeah. Um, which leads to a one night, it's a one night stand with the baby. Mm-hmm. Um, Hazel's a divorcee mm-hmm. who finally gets pregnant. Mm-hmm. What made you want to write Hazel as a divorcee with some infertility issues? Wait, pause. What? It's like one of oh, them yeah. situations. I have a question. If it's just like one of them situations where she's like <laughs> had issues getting pregnant, she gets divorced, one night stand, boom, pregnant. Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. That. <laughs> That's yeah. exactly what yeah. it is. And and I'm like sorry. her husband, her husband her ex-husband he blamed her for their struggles with having a baby oh and so her backstory which of course you know like I know way more about these people than I put in the books because if I let myself put it in the books then it would just be this long like stuff you guys you know probably don't want to read about but I'm over here like and her entire backstory is (laughs) from birth until now so (laughs) Yeah, so her ex-husband was um, basically very egotistical. He blamed her for not being able to get pregnant and didn't, you know, didn't want to take any possible ownership for the fact that maybe it was something going on with him and not her. So she very much felt like it was her. And 
she then meets Tristan, like her sister is a social media influencer and YouTuber. And she takes her out for a night at a cowboy bar. And it's just like, we need to blow off some steam, you know, like, let's go somewhere where you haven't, like, you haven't gone out and you haven't, you've been like living here, looking like death in my house and not taking care of yourself. Let's go out and remind you that you are a woman (laughs) and you're beautiful. And, you know, so they go out and she meets Tristan who is there visiting his brother, who is a bull rider and, Oh, so, well, yes, yes, ma'am. Yeah, yeah. So then they go, and Tristan's very smoony. Sweets her off her feet. Tristan's a real playboy. He's the cowboy Casanova of the uh, Riker family, <laughs> and they always joke about how Tristan's going to get himself in trouble. And so for me, that was my plan from the beginning. Was like Tristan's getting a baby. <laughs> like he's gonna <laughs> knock somebody up. I love it. It's the That's right situation for him. <laughs> it's it was the perfect, you know, thing for him. And so then they have this passionate night together. They agree to not really exchange details. She's five years older than him. Of course, she doesn't know that at the time. But then they part ways and she finds out that she's pregnant. And oh my god, she's like Oh yeah, she I mean she kind of did. Like she puked everywhere. Like it was a she's like oh my god so she's you know she doesn't have a job because she worked with her husband so she has no job she has no house she's living with her sister she's now pregnant she's a nurse practitioner so she's trying to figure out what she wants to do Mm -hmm. and she is sitting with her sister her sister's whole shtick is that she reviews um, and recaps reality shows while she does her makeup on YouTube like that's her whole thing I love that and yeah I love them too so um I was we were they were sitting down watching a show that she was going to recap and it happened to be the Riker family reality show oh no saddle up and so immediately as the credits roll she's like oh god that's him that's my cowboy and so then her sister is like, well, okay, I'm booking us to stay at Riker Ranch. Let's go. And then they go so she can go tell him. So that's kind of how it gets going. I'm obsessed. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like I've just sat here and listened to like this whole like thing. And I'm like, okay, sold. Like, where do I sign? Like, where does, where do we need to like, move <laughs> forward? Like, I love this. It's, it's, it was a lot of fun to write it. Um, and I love Tristan so much, which is why I saved him for book three, because I needed him to get a little older, firstly, because mm-hmm. he's the youngest, and uh, he needed to grow up a little bit. And and then from the moment he finds out she's pregnant, he is all in. Yeah, them them Playboy Cowboys gotta get. We gotta give them a minute to get their shit together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Speaking from experience, them boys are hard to tie down, no pun intended. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, yep. I have never had the pleasure of experiencing a cowboy, um, but that's okay. (laughs) I'm telling you right now, oh my God, listen, there's this TikTok trend going around. Mm -hmm. I saw it and I was like, this is the most accurate thing in the entire world. And it's like, basically, it's like, oh, like I want to date a cowboy. And it like plays this sound in the background where it's like, hasn't anybody told you that them things are bad for you 
And I'm like, that's the most accurate thing I have ever seen in my life. Because <laughs> I mean, when I was I in think- high school, I had this, uh-huh. oh my God, I had this weakness for bull riders, right? Like, oh, oh my God. Yep. Yep. Saddle yep. me up. There is just mm-hmm. something about a man who was willing to go ride some wildebeest. <laughs> that just, <laughs> it just does it for me. Okay. Yep. But it's like also like they know it too, though. Like bull riders, oh, they do. Worse. Yeah. Worse yeah. because they They're know. They're They yeah. know it. Mm-hmm. And they get to travel mm-hmm. all over the place. You got buckle bunnies everywhere. And it's uh-huh. <laughs> But oh yeah, I talk about the buckle bunnies quite often because there's a lot of rodeo. <laughs> I'm telling, and they're very real. They're very real. Oh yeah, and I'm yeah. just like, oh, but I love you at the same time. Like, but I, but I can't <sighs> say no. <laughs> so bad for me. You're yeah. gonna have to send me one of those on TikTok because I'm sure we're friends on TikTok. You need to I'm send that over my way. Don't even put it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I have, I have scenes from TikToks that have inspired scenes in books at this point. Oh my God, I'm in love. It's just, there's too many good things that I see that I'm like, well, that's That's perfect. (laughs) There's too many holes to fall down on TikTok. Yeah. Yeah, there are. Oh, it just like sucks out all my time. I have to put my phone away so I can get stuff done. So yeah, yeah. But I don't think I actually answered the question (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to podcasting with me. Um, the same way. The but the Hazel character and the divorcee and having infertility issues. Um, she sort of appeared to me like, of course, I knew Tristan, and I, I wrote the first scene. Well, I wrote the Tristan point of view scene for Ridden Hard at the end of writing Bucked Off, so that I could lead into it, so people would know. Oh no, Tristan's having some problems, and. <sighs> I just kind of started writing Hazel and wanted to let her come out on her own to me. Yeah. And I want, I loved the idea of a woman who is, you know, in her early thirties, who thought she had it all together, whose life imploded and who had to start over. And then everything changed for her dramatically beyond just that, because, you know, I'm close to 40. I like to write older heroes and heroines. Um, I don't always, some of them are going to be in their twenties because of the nature of writing families. Yeah. But like my heroes and heroines are usually kind of between that 30 to 40 age range Mm -hmm. because I feel like I wanted to be more represented, I guess. Yeah. You know, like, um, because there's definitely love after your twenties and usually the love after your twenties is can become deeper more meaningful because you've grown as a person so I wanted her to like know who she was because it wasn't really a journey for her of discovering who she was it was more discovering what she wanted from a partner yeah and what so yeah from that kind of relationship yeah yeah and and then also I I really like the found family theme and in all my Riker ranch books and all my cowboy books the theme that overarcs the whole thing is found family because whether most of my heroines come from a a family life that isn't great for them um and it just I like to remind the reader I guess and myself that you can find family anywhere and the Rikers definitely do that they like pull in everyone 
you know, like Mama Riker immediately is like, no, you call me Mama. Oh, that's who I am, you know. Thing too. I love it. So, yeah. So that's why I, I let her do her thing. But then I was like, no, she needs, like, she's, she's got it. She knows who she is. Yeah. I love yeah. that. Okay. Well, if that did not sell MJ on the series, <laughs> this next part will. I'm sorry. Rope Tight, mm. which was book four. Is this a yeah. rock? Hold yeah. on. <laughs> Got you. Hold on. Okay. Why do you get this out? Because you're going to get a Hold your horses. I'm here. I'm ready. <laughs> so book three is actually an MM. Oh. Four. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's Tucker and Sam, which everybody loves Tucker and Sam. Oh, I'm upset we, we have like a, we have a male, male bull rider. Oh, my. yes, we do. Oh, my yeah. <laughs> Oh, Tucker and Sam. I'm in love. Um, So was this your first MM romance? It was my first MM for sure. I did do um, an MMF in my, under my paranormal pen name, which is Kaylorine. And that one is, that's a a thruple with male, male action in it. But this one, yeah, this is my first solo MM and I have always loved this genre. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'm a hardcore fan of Him and Us by Serena Bowen and Al Kennedy. Oh. Um, I love N.R. Walker's books and I love, um, you know, Cat Sebastian and K.J. Charles. And, you know, like there's just, there's so many wonderful male, male stories. Kay Webster. Kay Webster. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's just, there's a lot of them to, to read and to enjoy. And I feel like that's sort of what I like to write is what I like to read. So from the moment Sam Riker showed up, <laughs> so Sam was featured, like he's mentioned in Saddle Up as the bull rider brother who's always gone. And from the moment he showed up in my brain I was like okay well Sam has been gone a long time he's got a lot of baggage he's dealing with some things and I was like what are those things and then Tucker appeared and he's just briefly like he's just briefly mentioned a little he has a little scene in Bucked Off where he's kind of picking at Buck a little bit and I was like oh oh no Sam and Tucker are in love. <laughs> this is what's happening. So that was the moment that I was like, oh, Sam's gay. <laughs> yes. And I was trying to think about it and I was plotting it out and sort of like, do, am I doing it? Am I going to do it now? This is what's happening, isn't it? And I thought, no, no, I wasn't really planning on doing an MM. And then I was delving into Sam's character more and I was like, Sam's gay. <laughs> There's no way he's not gay. And so then I thought, well, I'll just write a chapter from Sam's point of view for Ridden Hard, just to make sure. Yeah. And it's very clear in that chapter, you know, <laughs> that's where, that's where the messages I got from people because of that chapter, they were like, forget about Tristan. I want, <laughs> I can't wait for this book. Yeah. Like, there are reviews that are like, I love this book. It was great, but oh my God, I can't wait <laughs> for Sam's book. So yeah, it was just. I love a second chance romance 
And I love two angsty alpha cowboys who love each other, but can't admit they love each other. <laughs> I don't care for that who. Give uh-huh. me Brokeback Mountain all day, baby. All day. Yeah. And that's kind of, I was like, I want Brokeback Mountain, but I want Brokeback Mountain where they end up together. You know, where where they're yeah. not, their life isn't ruined because of who they love. Because well, I want a world where there's not homophobia. You oh, know? absolutely. I mean, as a part, as a uh, proud bisexual on the podcast, okay? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yep. However, yep. I'm a sucker for some angst. Like, oh, I mean, I love angst. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, I just, I do be watching that sometimes and I'm like, oh, I just needed mm-hmm. to go cry today. I needed mm-hmm. to go Mm-hmm. But at the same time, oh, yeah. homophobia, homophobia, we don't do that. We don't do that mm-hmm. on this podcast. Absolutely Mm-mm. not. No, no, I don't, you know, I don't subscribe to hatred. And, Absolutely not. You know, and I did get a little bit of hate from some people. And I was just like, listen, you're not my audience. Like, if you can't accept that there is a gay character in this book, then you probably should stop reading my books because I can guarantee you there's going to be gay cowboys in every every series I write because, yeah sorry if, like <laughs> obviously if you don't if that's not what you want to read that's mm-hmm. fine I just think sure. it's people yeah. who make themselves like go out of their way to make it seem like to show they have an issue with exactly. like a male male or like a female mm-hmm. female and yeah. it's like um yeah I'm not cool with that sorry not Mm-mm. sorry sorry not yeah sorry. I'm not offended that you're not reading my crap anymore like exactly <laughs> and and that's that's how I feel about it I think that everyone is entitled to decide what they want to read Absolutely. and you know like I don't I I haven't read a lot of female female romance because for me it doesn't necessarily titillate me yeah I get and it. I want to be titillated by my romance so <laughs> I would read okay. like yeah <laughs> I would read more like uh female female women's fiction Okay. But for the romance side of it, I'm in it for, you know, like the more sexy stuff. Yeah. And so for me, I want to read the stuff that's going to, you know, stimulate me and make me excited about it. But to take the time to write a nasty review or send the author a mean email or send them a private message and being like, I can't believe you put, you know, gay book or whatever. And that to me is like, you're not my audience. If you don't want to read it because it doesn't, you know, excite you, that's okay. Like, fine. That's fine. You're totally allowed to not want to read something. It's when you take that step farther where you're being hateful. That's where I don't like it. That's where that's I'm like, where it's no. like, thank you so much for showing me that you're not the person I want reading these books in general. Yeah. So yeah. You can just peace the fuck out. Cause I don't, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't vibe with yeah. that. Yeah. You know, so, and that's, I think something that every author who, writes especially uh gay storylines into their books that's I think everybody has to deal with that a little bit if they also write straight romance yeah because it's just gonna it's gonna happen and it's unfortunate that it happens but I also don't mind taking a stand and being vocal about how I feel about it agreed agreed so all right Stevie I'll let you move forward All right, we're going to switch gears because there's another Mm -hmm. series that is attached to this Mm -hmm. Riker Ranch series, and that's the Wild Horse Ranch series. Yep. Which Mm -hmm. just, book one released in May. Yes. Um, And this is Sutton Wild. Yep. And we get another Riker. 
in the we story. do yes we get another Riker we get Sarah Riker who is I think she sister. she might be my favorite I might be partial just because I really like her <laughs> attitude she's sassy <laughs> she is very sassy especially yeah. in the Riker Ranch books yeah yeah she is a handful <laughs> so these two families are at odds mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and one trip to Vegas leads to a accidental marriage mm-hmm. so what made you want to tie the two series together with a marriage between the enemies um so I love the Hatfields and McCoys I she referenced oh my god bro somebody run me my money right now because I literally literally when Stevie was talking to me about these books I was like oh so this is Hatfields and McCoys and Stevie was like yeah and I was like no that's that's this is it that's what it is it has, yeah, it's it's based on yeah, it's like the Romeo and Juliet, but Hatfields and McCoys. Um, yeah, Hatfields and McCoys. And so the reason I did this was that um, I had been asked repeatedly by lots of my readers, but one in particular, and I'm going to call her out. And her name on Facebook is Cookie. She has been had been asking and asking and asking for a Papa Riker story. Yeah. And I, you know, killed him before the books even started. So, so George Riker died before Saddle Up began and everyone loves Mama so much. Oh my God, she's the best. Mama is, yeah, I love Mama. (laughs) And so I was like, no, I'm not going to write them a prequel because I I don't think I could write Mama a sex scene. I just feel like it would make me <laughs> uncomfortable. I don't think Mama get and I was like, I know she did it at least five times, but I can't write it. Yeah. So then I got to thinking about it, and I'm a big audiobook person. Mm-hmm. So all my books are in audio, and Aaron Shedlock is the voice of all my Riker guys. And I was like, I really would love to just kind of wrap up the family a little bit. So maybe I will write like a 10,000 word prequel novella so everyone can see how George and Sandy Riker met. And so that's how Wild Horse Ranch really became what they are. Because I introduced the wilds in, in Rope Tight. They're part of that. I introduced the rivalry and gave a little information. And so then I wrote this prequel novella called Hard Love and you can get it, it's free everywhere, but you can also get it free, like joining my newsletter, which is of course how I would prefer everyone get it. And um, there's no sex in it, but there are some like steamy moments, but it's her, it's mama meeting daddy Riker and she's engaged to Wes Wild. <gasps> oh. And he's, he's like um George Riker's sort of best friend slash enemy like they're frenemies kind of like they're rivals but yeah and uh the wilds come from a famous Hollywood cowboy family sort of like John Wayne Clint Eastwood inspired yeah and so they have this chip on their shoulder like they're very wealthy they have this chip on their shoulder about being called not real cowboys and um so they're just really different from the Rikers and so Wes has it out for the Rikers because George stole his woman so he's been trying to ruin him for all this time so there's been this big rivalry so that's sort of established in the prequel and then we get into um Wild Ride 
and Sutton has been in love with Sarah forever. And they end up in Vegas together. She's by herself in Vegas for a, like a fan convention. And he sees her, he takes her out. They get up to some trouble with the Langstons and the Wilds and they end up getting married so they can win a trip to Hawaii. I'm in love. And he <laughs> does not want to, uh, he does not want to, to break up with her. They were first going to just get it annulled the next day. They did end up drunkenly getting each other's names tattooed on their wedding ring fingers. Oh my God. And then the publicist for the show, Saddle Up, is like, oh no, you don't. You're not getting divorced. You're not getting this annulled. My dad, you too. Panic attack. (laughs) Oh, and I mean, the Rikers are not happy about this situation. Her brothers are mad. And so then they agree to stay married for 30 days until some other D-list celebrity comes, you know, gets in trouble and takes the focus off of the Rikers. Yeah. And then, um, so Sutton is like, well, you're going to live with me. And his whole thing is I have 30 days to prove or to make my wife fall in love with me. Oh my God. I'm in love. That's so (laughs) Yeah. He's real swoony. (laughs) In love. (laughs) <laughs> yep. I love him. I just love everything about him. <laughs> and it's so funny because MJ is like, MJ's a different type of reader. She's a very dark romance reader. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I love yeah. when when authors come on and really can sell their books to her. Yeah. But I would also like I love a I'm a sucker for like it's a lot harder for me to be sold to like a I don't even know like what the word is I'm looking for like it's easy to sell me on dark romance people okay mm-hmm, all you got to mm-hmm. tell me is that like there's like a very damaged man who's an asshole who kills mm-hmm. people and I'm like all mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. so like one click immediately mm-hmm. it's very easy to sell me on dark romance I think it's harder to sell me on other versions of romance like for example like I read Candy Steiner like she'll be a wonderful mm-hmm. author for me for like the rest of my life right yeah. but I think I yeah. use her as an example like people who write things like Candy Steiner it's harder to sell me on contemporary romance like that than yeah. dark romance so if you sell yeah. me on it you're doing a great job yay <laughs> <laughs> by you. next week she'll have read all the books watch <laughs> I mean I'm here for it don't ask me so what was your favorite thing about writing Sarah and Sutton's story? Oh, Sarah and Sutton. Well, okay. Um, I have a, a particular scene that I really loved that I wrote. Um, I have two, so I'm going to tell you both of them. So the first scene that I loved was, that just made me laugh and smile, was them being in the kitchen because they're like, they're just becoming even deeper friends. So they build this friendship yeah. while they're falling in love. And I love that. Because I think you should marry your best friend. Oh. Yeah, um, the uh, scene where he is making her food. And he's like, all I know how to cook is like a fried egg sandwich. And she's like, well, I'm going to teach you how to cook then. So let's go down and teach you how to cook. They look in his fridge. He doesn't have, all he has is the ingredients for a fried egg sandwich. So she's like, great. <laughs> Okay, guess we're having Friday sandwiches. And um, that is there because that's pretty much what my husband can cook. And so the song that comes on while he's going to start cooking is 
pony by genuine oh my god <laughs> and this is my favorite scene so he she convinces him basically to sexy dance for her and so he does his whole magic mic sexy i'm gonna dry hump everything around me dance for mm. her this is serving me magic mic <laughs> it, it is it was it, it totally intentional <laughs> because i love that i just it's so much fun so and you know vegas magic mike it's they all go together oh, and yeah. so then um so that's my probably one of the scenes i had the most fun writing but then the second scene that just gave me all the everything i wanted out of it because like i said i'm a um selfish writer who writes because i want to enjoy it also um i there's a dry humping on the couch scene that just did it for me as I was writing it. I was like, this is so much fun. They fall asleep together on the couch. She ends up splayed on top of him, as you do. And as, as one you know, does. Yeah. Like, so she's sort of wedged between the back of the couch and him. She needs to get up. She straddles him. She feels that he's, it's morning time, you know. I've been awakened. <laughs> so, yeah, she's released the Kraken and she just starts going to town, but they're fully clothed, but they go all the way to completion. And it was just so much fun. <laughs> it's like a, it's a very, I, I listen, I love little moments like those more, almost more than I like, like actual full-fledged sex scenes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mostly just because it's just like, this is just so high school and I love it. It's the buildup. Yeah. It's like all this tension and everything is building just like when you were in high school and you were like I shouldn't be doing this but I'm gonna you know <laughs> like exactly. so it was just the best time like I just had I had the best time writing this entire book honestly um, sometimes they're hard for me to write depending on whatever's going on in my mm -hmm. own life but this one was top to bottom everything was fun about it and I just enjoyed getting to know him and like learning that world and setting up their world all the brothers and all of that obsessed, obsessed. <laughs> so there is a second book in this series that released mm -hmm. on july 22nd mm -hmm. and that is wild mistake yes and this is their best friend's little sister yes and yes. that is Mackenzie and luke mm-hmm so what was your inspiration behind these two characters? Um, so I try to know what trope I'm going to write before I go in to their stories, <clears throat> because that helps me kind of inform my characters and who they are and what they're going to deal with. And the Langston boys showed up pretty much out of nowhere in book one for me. And I was like, oh, look, here's Nash and Wyatt Langston. They sound like they're up to no good. They'll <laughs> yeah. be fun. And then I realized, oh, gosh, the Langstons were, they're a prolific family. There are many of these people. And um, I just thought, you know, Luke, because he got heartbroken in book yeah. one. He, he put his heart out on the line and she crushed him. Nope. And I just, I just kind of thought, you know what, 
I feel like Luke needs somebody to fix this broken heart of his without him even realizing it's happening. Yeah. And this might sound silly, but I set up a playlist for my world. So I've got like my vampire playlist and I've got my cowboy playlist. And there's this song, I can't remember the title of it right now, but basically it's this guy who's dressed all in black, drinking whiskey at his, the love of his life's wedding and it's not to him. And so that's how it started. She wants to get married. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that, that, my country music lady. <laughs> so that that was sort of the inspiration for this book was like he's watching somebody get married and it's not him, but he wanted it to be him and he's upset about it. And that's yeah. how it opens is he's like sitting on the steps at the back of the reception after his ex gets married to another guy. And he's drinking whiskey and he's all in black. And then Mackenzie Langston shows up. And she's like, oh my God, what are you doing? You are such a country song cliche. Oh yeah. And immediately once she started talking, I was like, oh, yep, okay. She's the, you she's two the are brothers. Gonna be together. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna take a trip to Pound Town and then they're gonna fall in love. And um, I knew that he had this trip to Hawaii that because they won a trip for they won two trips for two, basically, with the wedding of Sarah and Sutton. And so he had the other one because he was going to take his girl on their honeymoon. Like he wanted to marry her. So then he's got this trip and he was like, well, I'm, we're getting drunk. Let's go get drunk, Mackenzie. They go and get drunk. And then he's like, come with me to Hawaii. She's like, all right, fine. And then of course, you know, it's a romantic trip. There's only one bed. Things happen. They're both hot. So it was a good only time. One dead moment. I love it. Also, side note, uh, I found yeah. myself muted because my husband is now awake and stomping around the kitchen getting ready for <laughs> work. So if I if I disappear for a little bit, it's just so that the background noise isn't like, you know, disturbing okay. podcasts. That's fine. Um, yeah, so it was it was a lot of fun. Uh, I felt like I wanted to introduce the Langstons a little bit more because they also were getting a series. And so this was a great opportunity to really connect the two worlds, to give us more cowboys, to build relationships between them. And I love the idea of a best friend feeling completely betrayed because Luke is banging his twin sister you know gotta be careful with those damn side characters though (laughs) (laughs) they always end up with series or books well that is my master plan (laughs) it's to create sunrise montana as my whole world so well i'm here for it because i'll continue to read them because i fall in love with every single one (laughs) good 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 that is the plan hawk langston will be in your hands in november we just finished production on the audiobook and, oh, I'm so excited. Oh, I love a single dad. Single oh, dad and Manny. I just finished a single dad and I'm still not recovered from A.L. Jackson's new book. So oh, we, we can't even discuss Jackson. single fathers right now because my mm-hmm. heart is broken. Oh. <laughs> She'll need to put it back together now. She's good at that. She can do it. So if you could pick any of the books out of the Riker Ranch series or Wild Horse Ranch series to become a movie... Which would you choose and who would you cast as that couple? 
this is mean okay um <laughs> it's like picking a favorite child i'm sorry i know it's very hard okay so i'm gonna cheat a little and just say i really think that Riker ranch lends itself to a netflix tv series is it called the ranch it's called saddle up because that's oh. their yeah there's already other ranch i can't i know that that's, what I said. That was, that's what i said <laughs> Like, are we putting an Ashton Kutcher in here somewhere? No, no, we are not. We can't put him in there. But because I can't see him as anybody else but that guy from that 70s show. I just can't. That is very true. (laughs) Poor guy. Like, I just can't. Um, okay, it's really hard for me to cast my cowboys, though. (laughs) So, but like I just feel like Saddle Up would make this great world. And it's already a reality show, so it's this ongoing plot. So but I think that if I had to do it as a movie, um, I would probably go with um, Rope Tight because I just feel like we need a gay cowboy movie that ends with them being together and happy. Yes, I agree. To recover from Brokeback Mountain. <laughs> we need it. We need it. Somebody I need to recover. I need to recover. Um, and this might be strange, but I really always have felt like Paul Wesley, um, who is, he was on the Vampire Diaries. He was- Well, we love a uh, Stephen Salvatore moment. Stephen, yeah, he was Stephen Salvatore. Yes. And I just feel like I saw him advertising his bourbon that he has, and he was all decked out in cowboy gear. And I was like, oh no, <laughs> There's, that's a Riker, that's a Riker. And uh, so I feel like he would make a fantastic Sam Riker. Um, I don't know who I would cast as Tucker. I have no idea. Well, I'm very we bad at this. Scott Eastwood would make a great cowboy because he's already done it. He does do cowboy really well. Um, I also, yeah, he would. And he did a, a bull riding character. movie. So. He did do a bull riding movie. He would probably be very good as Tucker. I feel like there are other people out there. I am the worst when it comes to casting my own stuff because I I don't actually picture their faces as real people. You know, like I know who they are by their energy on the page, but I don't know what they would look like walking up to me. If that sounds weird, like, I don't know. I just can't. It makes sense. It makes sense to me. Makes sense to me. And it's it's funny because a lot of authors feel that same way. They can't see the faces of their characters. Right. As stars. I really can't. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. I only have one book where I can see the person. And that was my first book that I ever wrote, which is out of print now. You can't even get it anywhere. And um, he was David Tennant, 100%. Like, that's who it was. Like, I have such a crush on that nerdy Scotsman. (laughs) (laughs) And like, that's who it was. But that's it. The rest of them, I don't really put actors in their roles. I have, like, their mannerisms and stuff. So when my voice actors for narration ask me, like, who was your inspiration? I can be like, oh, well, this guy. Probably the way he presents himself in this role is great but that's that's kind of it so mm-hmm. and I don't know I would want my my whole world to be super diversely cast as well so I would hate to like cast somebody and have people think that, that I wouldn't want them to be represented by a person of color or 
um, just, you know, anybody in general, like yeah. I want all my readers to also be able to put themselves in the world. I'm Agreed. here for it. I would watch it. Well, good. That's great. Let's tell Netflix. Or <laughs> passion flex. Can we get an idea? Yep. Yep. I feel like ever since those in sex life got picked up on Netflix, I feel like we're, we're about to see a bunch of different a fluctuation so. of books being picked up for TV shows or at least movies or something. Yeah. I, I mean, me up, boys. well, and this is that we were just, I don't remember who I was just talking about this with. Jillian Dodd was just optioned um, that boy mm-hmm. to film. So, and that's like, that's almost a seven book series at this point, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is phenomenal. I can't wait to watch it because I've been following yeah. that series forever. But then you have um, Jay Bankston, who also optioned mm-hmm. her cake series as a TV series. Yep. So yep. I feel like we're about to start seeing more authors. I sure hope so. I, I think that they're, one of the things that frustrates me so much is that there are so many wonderful stories out there that people have written yep. and we keep remaking things. And I'm like, but also, Hey, yeah. there's a whole world over here of people like Rebecca Weatherspoon just, I think announced recently that her cowboy series is coming to TV, which is exciting. And, um, you know, I just, I think that there are so many talented authors who tell these beautiful stories that like, why aren't we using them? exactly and you know reaching people who don't read because there are a lot of people who don't read so let's reach them through another form of media and tell these stories so I absolutely agree with you I feel like we've talked about this a lot too with other people about the direction of how 50 shades of gray well yeah it was like really opened up moment for a lot of authors and I feel like I feel like Sex Life is a TV Netflix version of Fifty Shades of Grey when it comes to like the opportunity that I believe it'll show um, people like producers like Netflix and you mm-hmm. know streaming services that hey like this is what mm-hmm. we want to watch on television people okay right. Romeo yeah. books yeah. do sell and they do translate yeah. when done on the big screen properly properly is the right that that's the thing like exactly and it, this I feel like this was a def, this was a it, it was done properly I feel like and mm-hmm. um I feel like if they're if if they continue to take us seriously and do mm-hmm. it the correct way that mm-hmm. this would you know you'll have more moments like this yep absolutely I think that there's a lot of opportunity and you know and I also think that like there is some strong merit to um a partnership between the screenwriter and the author Mm -hmm. that allows for the script to be um, changed enough that it works on screen dialogue wise, because a lot of the things that are said in romance novels don't come out correctly. Very cringy in real life. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that it's a partnership that needs to be explored like you have to hold true to the character themselves but you have to give some of that control to make that dialogue work and make it be believable on screen because it's one thing to even hear it in an audio book because you're still listening it's still the book it's another to like see it on screen and hear it and then go oh that doesn't work yeah that's a little cringy yeah Mm -hmm. so it's finding those writers too who want to honor the romance and make it really work 
That's important. Exactly. exactly. Mm-hmm. All right, Stevie, continue. Okay. My last question, and then you can take your writing questions. All righty. What's next for 2021? Um, okay, so I have a couple things. Um, on the 21st of September, I don't know when this is coming out, but tomorrow. On, oh, okay. All right. So on the 21st of September, um, my Riker Ranch books one through three will be coming out in boxed set form and also hardback on Barnes and Noble. Um, I'm doing a sale on it for 99 cents through release week for um, the ebook version. So that'll that's saddle up, bucked off, and ridden hard all together. And it'll also be in an audiobook. So that's happening. <clears throat> and then on November 1st, an irresistible chance will be coming out. And that is the first in the irresistible Langston series, which is set in Sunrise, Montana. You'll see some Rikers, you'll see some um, other familiar faces. Like if you have Red Ignite, that is a Riker Ranch spinoff and it's part of the KB Worlds. And that is an age gap firefighter romance. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Yes, we love an everyday heroes book. Yeah, and he is um, Travis Riker. He's their cousin and he lives in California after his divorce and she is the his fire chief's daughter and they hook up and fall in love etc so um that one was super fun and a lot of people don't know that it's part of Riker Ranch because it's in everyday heroes but I love Travis Riker so much true story that is how I found oh really the Riker brothers I'm a huge reader of everyday heroes Uh uh-huh uh-huh. um project i have like religiously followed that project and it's brought me new authors and i've enjoyed it so that's fantastic yay that's so good to hear it was really fun to do that and uh it was not a chore to look at all the photos of hot firefighters to try and find one for my cover <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so i have a the book an irresistible chance is planned and he it, this guy is hawk langston he's a single dad he is best friends with Travis Riker. So Travis is in this book a lot. And um, so that one is a lot of fun. It's a, a single dad and nanny story. And um, it's actually from Ignite. It's Lark's best friend, Daisy, who comes to be the nanny. So all the worlds kind of blend together. So that one's coming out in November. I don't have anything planned for the rest of that year, the rest of the year, because I need to take a little bit of a break. <laughs> well, <laughs> We're here for it. No matter, we're here for the, what you ever you have for the rest of the year. Excited for you and congratulations on your, you know, already the success that you've already had this year. Thank and you. All the rest that will come. Um, we are going to shift gears into writing questions, and I'm going to handle right. those. So, all right. When did you first realize you wanted to be a writer slash author? Um, I came into it a little later than probably most. I was a musician for my whole adolescence and into college. Um, And then I um, decided I needed to take a break from college. I got married. I worked in the real world. I had two children and then decided I was going to go back to school and get my um, early childhood development degree. And so I, because I wanted to be a teacher Um, and 
so I was in school. I was doing it online because, you know, when you're an adult with children, you can't really just go off to school. Yeah. And so I had to write this short story for a children's literacy class. And I wrote it. It was supposed to be a fairy tale. So I wrote this fairy tale. I turned it in, then got an email from my professor. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, this must have been really bad. And my professor was like, hey, I just wanted to ask you if you have ever considered trying to become a published author because your voice is really great. And I think you should do that. And I was like, I have not considered that. I love to read and I love writing. Yeah. And so then, you know, she was just like, I think you should pursue it. I think you could get published. And so then, you know, I put that aside and I said, maybe I'll try writing a book. So I started writing a book. I did not finish that book. Um, But then I started writing another book and I finished it and I submitted it to agents. I got rejected a ton of times. I submitted it to publishers. I got rejected a ton of times. I got it in the hands of an agent who, um, of an editor at um, Kensington. Mm -hmm. And she was kind enough to read the whole thing and then tell me what to fix. And so it, which involved, you know, like cutting three chapters before the book actually even started. And yeah, it was, it was harsh and awful and painful, but also the best thing that could have happened to me because it was that moment where I was like, Oh, I can't be precious about this. I have to listen to people so that I can do better at this job. And then I ended up getting a publishing contract for my first ever series. And I just never stopped after that. So I was like 30 before I started writing. And I am glad that I found it. I'm glad that that professor told me I could do it. Yeah, we absolutely are as well, because now you're here. So (laughs) do you have any interesting writing quirks when you sit down to write, like have to be eating Twizzlers or like wearing the same hoodie, like et cetera, that kind of thing? Yes. (laughs) I like to dictate when I write. So um, I don't like to sit still. Um, I like to be doing something at all times. And it drives my husband crazy because I can't ever just like relax. So I, the only way I can get myself to relax is if I take a nice hot bath and then I dictate while I'm in the tub and I will be able to like, I'll go away for a weekend and I'll stay at a hotel and I will make sure that hotel has a gorgeous bathtub of some kind. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, I'm a sucker for a great bathtub. Yeah. And I will go and I will get myself a glass of wine. I will sit in that tub until I turn into a prune and I will dictate. I just did it last weekend and I got like 17,000 words dictated over the weekend. And, um, now I have to clean it all up, but it's the, the idea is to get the words down. I'm here for so get it. that framework down and then you clean it up and make it pretty. I'm and here. that's how I do it. It works so well for me. It doesn't work for everybody, but that's my thing. That's my weird thing that I, that I do. All right. So what is the weirdest thing you've had to Google for a book? Um, lately. 
because the book I'm writing right now is another wild horse ranch book. Um, I've had to Google artificial insemination and how one might make a donation for oh that my God. process. <laughs> I love that. So that was my weird, yeah. <laughs> okay, all right then. So uh -huh. what, do you, what do you like to do when you're not writing and Googling artificial insemination? <laughs> um, I like to, well, I love to listen to audiobooks. Oh, I will listen to audiobooks. I love podcasts. Um, and I think that's kind of where I land right now because I, I have a bunch of other jobs because I run a, an audiobook production company. So when I'm not writing, I'm usually working on producing audiobooks for other authors. Um, so I would say that, like, and I love um, watching a show with my husband, like we'll pick something that we'll watch from start to finish. Yeah. So that's kind of, that's oh, I kind of what I do watch. right now. Yeah. What'd you, what'd you yeah. binge watch last? Um, we last binge watched, well, right now we're watching Castlevania and okay. we're on season three. Um, cause I love the vampires, but we're going to start watching Ted Lasso. That's our next show on I the docket to watch. I have heard really great things, so I really want to watch it. All right. Um, yep. So that's it. Okay. So what do you, what does your family think of your writing and have any of them read your books? Yes. So they're very proud of me. Um, they don't really have a choice as far as whether or not they accept that I write steamy romance because if they give me any grief, I slap it right back at them. <laughs> so, um, but everybody is very proud of me. My dad is not allowed to read my books. My mom reads my books. My husband has read some of them, but has since not because <laughs> I write them too fast for him to keep up and um I'd say that they're they're proud my son and daughter and my littlest child they all know like that I write romance they know that they're not allowed to read the books my daughter who is five so I have a, a five-year-old a 10-year-old and a 13-year-old my daughter who is five does think that anytime my husband is walking around without a shirt on he is a cowboy because oh, she God because of the covers of my books so any anytime she sees a man without a shirt on she's like mommy oh, look it's a cowboy <laughs> yeah I love that yeah uh-huh I'm obsessed us up. I would die okay so that mm -hmm. is my last writing question so okay. see if you want to go ahead and take reading questions all right I get to be back again mm -hmm. um what book has your favorite cover now this can be any of yours or one that you've read mm, okay all right so if we were going with one of mine I'm gonna say and this is mean because the cover's not released yet the cover for an irresistible chance is just absolutely gorgeous and I'm so excited for the release of the cover which will happen in September so once you see it you'll I hope agree <laughs> it's beautiful but um I think one of my all-time favorite book covers would be oh that's so hard um well it's a YA series that I read a long long time ago called the selection series oh by, okay. Kier by Kira Kira Cass. Cass. yeah 
I thought that that first cover was so striking that I stopped and I bought the book. I didn't know anything about it. Oh so, my God, all the time. Yeah. Her yeah. covers are gorgeous for that series. Yeah, they're beautiful. They're so beautiful. So what attracts you to a book? The cover, the blurb, or recommendation, or the title? Um, so for me, usually it's the trope. Because I, I usually want to know what I'm getting into yeah um so first it's the trope if someone can say to me if I say I want a captive romance with a beauty and the beast feel and maybe some like you know knocking her up if I put that out there and say somebody give me this book and I get three or four recommendations of something that will fit the bill for me then from there I look at the cover and I go okay does this cover look like this author cares about the book because you know sometimes if you don't care about the book as much you don't care about the cover as much so perhaps it's not going to be for me um and then from there I'll look at the blurb so it's kind of a process like first it's the trope then I look at that cover then I look at that blurb and then I go okay I'm going to try this book. I'm very picky with my time. And I also want to listen to the audio. So if there's not an audio book, I'm less likely to grab the book itself. Yeah. And if it's not narrators that I want to listen to, then I also won't. So I'm a picky bitch. <laughs> no. Basically. <laughs> I am not huge on audio, but I will tell you what I use a lot now on my Kindle is the text to speak option. <laughs> you weren't missing out I'm no darling about this kindle doing text-to-speech is the way it pronounces certain words uh-huh mm-hmm. but it does mm-hmm. not turn me off either really See, this is my thing I honestly I cannot just, I can't just pick up a new book and be like, oh yeah, I'm going to read this on audiobook. Like I have, if I read audiobook, I have to have already read the book like fully all the way through mm-hmm. before I even mm-hmm. read the audiobook. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think for me, um, the way that my books are done is duet style narration. So that has changed things a lot for me because I used to have to have read the book first to listen to it. Mm-hmm. Otherwise I would miss things. But with duet style narration, it's like a movie in your ear holes. And it's just like <laughs> in your ear holes. It's a movie in your it. ear holes. Like, cause you've got the, the male voiced narrator doing all male dialogue throughout the whole thing. And the female voiced narrator doing the same. Yeah. So, you know, you get that like witty conversation back and forth. They're bantering and it's like, they're really there bantering with you because they recorded it that way and so that for me has really changed audiobooks I seek out duet narration as much as I can find it I'm because it's so it. different I'm gonna have to try it that way because I don't like when it's one person reading the entire book yeah well all of mine are duet so all of my cowboys are duet style um, and I just love duet when it's done well I love duet so who are some of your favorite authors to read? And this is your chance to pimp out your friends. <laughs> um, okay. So um, I love Lauren Blakely mm. as a person, 
and as an author. She always writes books that make me happy. And currently in this particular climate, I need happy books. <laughs> I love her books. Um, yeah, she's, she's very fun. But I also love dark romance. Um, so like Pepper Winters is probably my like OG dark romance author who I just like, I just test and cue from Monsters in the Dark. Just, oh, <laughs> I loved it so much. Um, I also really love Paranormal. So um, Meg Ann is an author who writes these amazing books that we produce on audio and they're called the Undercover Magic series. And it is like a berserker and just like super alpha guys, lots of adventure and fun. So her, Sarah Piper is another one. I really like her Paranormal. Um, and then I really like Kay Webster because I can usually count on some taboo fun from her. She's the best. <laughs> so, yeah, she's, she's great. I mean, it's hard because I'm friends with a lot of these people and um, I, and I don't get to read as much as I want to, you know, but like, and I also always, always love a Helena hunting book. Like every time I love it, so they, they're just very entertaining they make me smile and they also have a little bit of angst because I always need a little bit of angst at least just a tiny you know just maybe a tiny bit you know so yeah so that's a, a small list of a very large list like <laughs> <laughs> do you prefer e-reader or physical copies um I prefer e-reader because I don't have a lot of space to put physical copies anywhere um we used to live in Japan and that's where I wrote a lot of my first books. Oh, snap. And it was a wonderful experience. I highly recommend it. Um, my husband worked for the Navy there. And okay. so we got to live there as expats, civilians. And my last child was born there. And it's a beautiful place. But space is limited. So I really- Are you living like, back in the United States now? Or are you yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm in Seattle now. And um, oh, have favorite city. For, yeah, I do love Seattle. <laughs> MJ wants to go to wants to live in the don't don't right northwest. Games. Don't play games with me. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> you I wanna, don't want to find yourself a Bigfoot. I want to be there so bad. Oh my god! <laughs> I would literally give my I would sell my kidney on the black market to live <laughs> in the Pacific Northwest. It is, it is beautiful. Where where are you now? Where do you live now? Freaking North Carolina. <laughs> ah, okay. Yeah, it's miserable. Yeah. Don't move here. Yeah. Ever. No, no. I I used to live in Virginia. Oh um, my god! Yeah. Oh, you're closer to me. I was born there. Uh huh. It's, oh no, thank you. No, yeah. thank you. I want to so, be in the so, Northwest so bad. It's beautiful I here. I will it eventually. Yeah. One thing though. We don't have air conditioning here. I don't care. So, I don't care. It is hot as balls <laughs> for like I three weeks care. out of the summer. I <laughs> literally do not care. I, I don't okay. care. All right. Well, you come here and you let me know when you're here and then I'll show you around Seattle. <laughs> absolutely. I, I will absolutely we'll go on a Sasquatch hunt. I absolutely <laughs> will do that. I would take you up on that offer. Don't okay. tempt her because she'll book a flight. <laughs> Let's do it after COVID, though. Sounds good. 
see yeah. this is what happened last time I gave her an idea I she was writing a road trip romance book at the time and she's like oh I should go on a road trip and I'm like oh you could always come visit me oh god and, and two days later she's like I'm on my way <laughs> I have no fan I have no shame whatsoever I that's not care. fantastic well I am really excited because in about two weeks we we purchased a an RV like a like a 25 foot RV because oh. um, we're we're homeschooling the kids this year because my youngest two can't be vaccinated yet and I'm just I'm not willing to take the risk I'm and because I'm gonna so, tell you right now COVID sucks ass yeah yeah that's, it's you know and that's what I'm worried about and I have asthma and yeah I'm vaccinated but like you know I still I don't know I, I just don't want to take the risk and I don't want to accidentally spread it either yeah that's the other thing so we we're gonna keep them home and homeschool and we got this rv that'll be here in a couple weeks and my plan is to my very good friend kerrigan burn she writes historical romance and if you have never read historical romance give hers a try because they're super steamy okay and really beautifully written with like really damaged heroes and I love them. And um, so she lives close to me. So we are planning to do um, like writing retreats in the RV together. Oh, that's <laughs> I epic. It. I love that. And then we're just going to chronicle it on TikTok. <laughs> oh, I'm so here for it. Sign me up. Maybe we need a new YouTube channel. Yeah, I'm very excited. It's going to be a good time. We're going to have fun and we're going to probably get a lot of work done, question mark. Question mark. <laughs> That'd be like me and MJ being in the same room again because uh, we don't tend to work when we're together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's hard. She came here with the idea that she was going to write a book in Baltimore and that did not work out. It didn't. Well, yeah. I, there was a lot of bumps on the road we had there, Stevie, where I couldn't do that, but it's like fine. a car accident. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Just not a good time. Anyways, oh. moving forward. <laughs> okay. So what was your last five-star read? Oh, um, Heart of Thorns by Sarah Piper. Ooh, I'm going to have to write yeah. that down. Yeah, I was just on um, uh, the Heaving Bosoms podcast last week. I recorded with them. Okay. And we had to pick a book that we would both listen to or read. And then we talked about it. And that was, that's the whole that's how they do and so I was a guest host and I picked I had my reader group on Facebook vote on which book I was going to do and they picked Heart of Thorns and it's like a vampire and a witch and it's right up my alley really steamy and I loved it it was so much fun really well written wonderful narration because you know I'm an audio person and um like, but of course it is a trilogy. So now I have to get the next book and I have to find time to listen to the next one. So that was, but it was, that would be five stars for me for sure. All right. I'm going to have to add that to our TV, my TBR. Um, so we are going to shift to the last portion of the podcast, which is okay. trope questions and uh, starting it off with your favorite trope to write and why. <clears throat> um, <laughs> it's a tough one. I think. It is hard because like, especially when I'm already like in the middle of writing a book right now. So I want that to be my favorite trope, but it's not <laughs> my favorite, favorite trope 
is um, enemies to lovers. Oh yeah, it's I just love it. I love it. You know, like because I love a sassy heroine. I love the like barbs back and forth between the two of them. I love the like I want to rip your clothes off, but I also have to hate you thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. So I I love it. I always feel like I'm very energized by enemies to lovers when I write it. I agree. I love it. It's my fave. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Stevie, you take the next question. What is one trope you would eventually like to write and why? Um, I've written a lot of tropes, so that's hard to figure out. Um, I'd love to write a cheating book. Oh, finally, somebody that's on the same page. <laughs> I love a cheating book. I love a cheating so book and brand. a love triangle. Yes, and I love a love triangle. So I have written a love triangle um, and I enjoyed the heck out of writing that love triangle. But a cheating book just ticks some boxes for me. Like Jessica Hawkins is super good at cheating books. Oh my God, Jess. She's just so good. And like, um, oh no, I'm going to say the wrong name. Arson is the book. The book is Arson. And I, Mia Sheridan? Yeah. Mia Asher. Oh my God, you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Arson just... Uh, yeah and it's bothering me that I'm gonna get her name wrong so I'm gonna look it up um that one was so much angst Mia Asher yeah so much angst so delicious have you read you need to read the evolution of trends the evolution of sin trilogy by Gianna Darling oh I do love Gianna Darling I haven't read that you need to read it because it's like cheating and oh mm-hmm. my god it, it, it crushed mm-hmm. me it crushed my soul yeah I just I love it it's it's and it's so painful while I'm in it but I love it so much Agreed. <laughs> so so I would love to write it I think I would have to do it with a pseudonym it is so not on brand for me <sighs> at all you know like I just feel like if I wrote a cowboy book with cheating I would be burned at the stake. Those bloggers would be out for blood. <laughs> they would be so mad at me. So, yeah. Um, what is one trope you would never write and why? I was about to be like, Stevie, take the next question. And then I was like, damn it. It's, wait a minute. It's my fucking turn. It's your turn. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, one I would never write. Um... I think I would probably never write a, um, like a non-con. What is that? Not like a non-consensual romance. Oh, I was about to be like a what the, I don't know what that is. Yeah. I don't think I would ever write that. Like consent is really important to me. Oh yeah. Um, Absolutely agreed. So probably that also um like mafia because mafia is usually for me I think it would put me in too dark of a place I get it I get it mentally I can read it just fine but I don't think I could write it because I have to be super connected to those characters to do it yeah and I don't want to be in that place totally get it all right Stevie you take our last question ma'am my favorite question if you were in a book what trope would you want for your story? 
God. Yes, where are the queens are coming up with yes, the This is hard. <laughs> what, would, what would it be? Ed? Okay. Um, uh, can I like combine tropes? Absolutely. Okay. This would be like my catnip. Okay. I want an enemies to lovers mm, arranged marriage. Okay captive romance all right that's, that's what fine. i want yeah i like that like, i'm here for it yeah like i want a beauty and the beast but i want that beast to be really smoking hot yeah same and like mm. and i want him to want me real bad i want but also hate lovers. me i want an enemies to lovers reverse harem that's what i want oh yeah you know i just released a reverse harem oh Oh, I did. That's my <laughs> shit. <laughs> it did. Yeah, hold. On. Let me just go add the car. Yeah. Wait a minute. It's but it's under my paranormal K- so Kayla Rain. Okay. It's called on. all the all the Queen's Men. Oh, okay. Hello. All right. I'll do that right now. I will yeah. do that right now. However, that is our last question for you on this podcast. But you okay. have been such an amazing guest. You have been so great. And we want to thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. This was super fun. You have been a great time. Fantastic. And uh, (laughs) we hope to really chat with you again soon. Oh, absolutely. Anytime. You just let me know. I will be here. I will check my emails. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us. We hope that you have a great day. Thank you. You too. Bye.